Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. Dolphins and welcome into the Tuesday, January the 21st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, oh holy day, the Senior Bowl has arrived. We have practices today, which we will cover on tomorrow's podcast and late tonight up on LockedOnDolphins.com. But first, we've got to preview the defensive side of the ball. We're talking exclusively about the D today, brought to you by Blue Chew. I'll give you the rundown on the defensive group of players that Miami are going to love from this game, from this week of practices. We'll get Kevin Dern on the podcast talking about his favorite prospects, as well as some ideas about Miami's defensive scheme in 2020 under Josh Boyer. All of that and more, but first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts from, go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review, give me a follow on Twitter, it's at WingfieldNFL Voted, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, by Dolphins Twitter, check out the show at LockedOnFins, we'll follow you back, and of course, LockedOnDolphins.com we have all the positional previews from the last couple of weeks as well as the Senior Bowl previews and we'll have the Senior Bowl recap episodes and columns up every single day on LockedOnDolphins.com. That's another Miami Dolphins. And we start today's podcast with the column up on LockedOnDolphins.com. Yesterday, we did the offensive preview of the Senior Bowl and today we turn our focus onto the other side, Brian Flores' specialty, the defensive side of the football. And first, before we get into this, another, I suppose, disclaimer about the scheme this Dolphins team wants to run. I envision that most of the Locked On Dolphins fans by now realize what type of defensive scheme the Dolphins run. It's the folks on Twitter that don't listen to the podcast that I have to argue with about the differences between Miami's defense compared to the rest of the league. And in truth, there are three, and I guess there could be a fourth team this year that shops at the exact same store as the Miami Dolphins for bigger, stronger, edge players that make up for a lack of athleticism with brute power and gap integrity, versatile defensive backs that must excel in man coverage, linebackers that can rush the quarterback from a variety of positions. These are the core tenants of the Patriots, the Lions with Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia, and the Miami Dolphins with Brian Flores, and perhaps the New York Giants with Joe Judge and Patrick Graham in town now up there with those guys. So, On the offensive side, we talked about one great scheme fit and one guy to keep your eye on at each position. There are just too many names here to do that, so I'm going to go over as many names as I possibly can, and we start on the defensive line, and we'll read the list of players here. Bradley Anai from Utah, Darian Daniels, Marlon Davidson, Raekwon Davis, Leaky Fotu, Neville Gallimore, Travis Gibson, Jonathan Grenard, Devon Hamilton from Ohio State, Trayvon Hill from Miami, Benito Jones, Javon Kinlaw, Laurel Merchinson, Alton Robinson, Jason Strobridge, Kenny Willikis, Robert Windsor, and Jabari Zaninga are your defensive linemen at this Senior Bowl in 2020. And what a loaded group that was. And the best Finns fit of the bunch is Bradley Anai, the very first name off that list 
from Utah. Six foot three, 260 pound edge that just fits this Dolphins defense to an exact T. Trey Flowers was a guy the Dolphins sniffed around. He came from the Patriots, now plays for the Lions. Makes a lot of sense. You want a player that fits his mold, that fits his prototype, and that is Bradley Anai. You're not going to dig out or kick out block this guy because he can just latch on and disengage quickly. He has really good pass rush arsenal to his name. He's not the most athletic guy that bends and works inside laterally, but he can stop the running game and rush the passer on the way as he stops that running game. To pick up a nigh, I would imagine the Dolphins have to spend maybe the 70th pick because I don't think he'll be there with the fourth round compensatory pick that comes in from Jawan James. So maybe if there's some draft day trades and they wind up between 70 and pick 120 or whatever it is, that would be the range to get Bradley Anai. If they do pick him up, he's going to be your starting base five technique who can kick inside on nickel rush packages. Again, the Trey Flowers comparisons there, but he starts as basically a six or base five technique who works inside, not outside. And the area of intrigue for him this week to me is the pit drill because that's where I want to watch all the pass rushers up against offensive line. That's all I got to say there. Keep an eye on Jason Strobridge from North Carolina. He entered college as a 245 pound defensive end, but now he's up close to three bills. And because of that, he has some explosion and wiggle inside that you wouldn't expect from a player of his size and stature. He's not going to be a base defensive tackle because he's not strong enough against the point just yet, but he can be your four tech and bare fronts. He can also play the three tech on even fronts to the play side of the formation. He has versatility that way. Leaky Fotu from Utah is a Danny Shelton clone. I love that guy. Neville Gallimore and Javon Kinlaw are explosive and powerful interior rush presences, but those guys will take first round draft picks, whereas Strobridge is more of a day three player. The linebacker position, another loaded group here. Zach Bond, Francis Bernard, Jordan Brooks, Cameron Brown, Carter Coughlin, Akeem Davis Gaithier from App State, Troy Dye, Malik Harrison, Kevin Dern loves Malik Harrison, Kaliki Hudson, Anthony Jennings, Terrell Lewis, Kamal Martin, Davion Taylor, Darrell Taylor, Josh Uche, Evan Weaver, Logan Wilson, and DJ Wanham. Logan Wilson from Wyoming, keep an eye on that guy. He's not on the list here, but that guy can do a lot of different things in your defense and a big time alpha leader captain at Wyoming. But the best Finns fit here is Zach Bond from Wisconsin, just like Vince Beagle and Andrew Van Ginkle before him. He has the same traits that really attracted Miami to that pair of Badger backers, but Bond is the best of the three Bears Eat Beats, Battlestar Galactica, Bond, Beagle, Van Ginkle. I guess that works. He's especially adept at executing games, stunts, twists, slants because of his lateral agility. He has an explosive first step, although he's not the most fluid edge rusher and isn't going to line up in the wide alignment and win the corner as a true Jason Taylor or Cam Wake type, but he's he's effective rather defending the pass as a flat and hook zone dropper. His rush move arsenal is already refined like that of a season pro, so he can come in and play day one. To me, he's a late first, early second round pick, pick 26 or 39 if you want to get him. He is a starting on-ball linebacker. You could pretty much go Beagle on one side and Bond off the other edge and get that position fixed up with Van Ginkle as your sixth man off the bench, so to speak. The area of intrigue, again, he's a pass rusher. So the pit drill, keeping an eye on Anthony Jennings here from Alabama. He has the long arms and thick frame that really helps him set and dent the edge as a run defender, and he has a good enough rush move to get to the quarterback regularly. There are other players in this group as well, like Evan Weaver, who's just the best downhill run defender in this entire group, and Joshua Uche, who played at Michigan under Dolphins current linebackers coach Anthony Campanelli, and I know there are more players in that list that Kevin likes, so I'll leave those guys to him. And we still have the defensive backs to get to for the Senior Bowl preview, but before we do that, on the other side, 
But first, these Senior Bowl players are going to test their physical fitness, and we talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about your mental fitness, and these guys are going to go through all these mental interviews and drills that test how they respond to certain situations, and that's why I'm here to tell you guys how you can get sharp with Calm. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation and has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in the body and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform your best. LeBron says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. He says it's just as important as his physical fitness routine. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, and so much more like sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time only, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's C-A-L-M, calm.com slash locked on. left you on the other side talking about the front seven players that could impact this Dolphins draft in 2020 as we are just three months away from the draft in Vegas in April. But first, we have to get to these college all-star games, all the interviews, all the player testing, the scouting combine. It truly is one of the most exciting times of the year for player evaluators. And I keep talking about it, but the Senior Bowl, the week of practices is one of my favorite on the entire football calendar. And maybe one of these years, we won't have to pay as much attention to it because the Dolphins are playing playing in conference championship weekend or the Super Bowl alike. But this year, the Dolphins, once again, not a playoff team. So we are looking very heavily into the college aspect of things all throughout the year here on Locked On Dolphins and LockedOnDolphins.com. And we jump now into the defensive backfield. Josh Boyer got his promotion to defensive coordinator. We brought in Kirk Kuntz, the high school teacher or high school coach, I should say, who is now a defensive backs coach in Miami. And they'll be looking at Damon Arnett, a saying Bassey from Wake Forest, the best name in the entire draft so far. Julian Blackman, Antoine Brooks Jr., Terrell Burgess, Jeremy Chin, Brian Cole, Ashton Davis, who was fantastic. Kyle Duggar, Jalen Elliott, Christian Fulton, who I think bowed out of the game, actually. Alohi Gilman, A.J. Green, Darnay Holmes, Lamar Jackson, Dane Jackson, Brandon Jones, Jared Maiden, Josh Metellus from Michigan, Michael Ojemudia, Troy Pride Jr., Reggie Robinson, Kendall Vildor, and Kayvon Wallace from Clemson. And you heard me talk about him in the list. The best Finns fit here is Ashton Davis from Cal. This guy does everything a Brian Flores defensive back wants to be able to do. First of all, he was a walk-on at Cal. So had some adversity early in his career and plays like a walk-on would. 100 miles an hour all the time, flies to the football, excellent range, excellent instincts. I retweeted a video over the weekend of Ashton Davis playing the slot as a cover corner guy. And granted, this guy has the range and speed and instincts to play single high off the ball, to play too deep, to play the deep third. He can do everything back off the football in zone coverage, in the single high looks as well, in man free coverage. But he also can come down and cover up the slot 
just like he did on that rep I tweeted out the interception against the Oregon Ducks and Justin Herbert where the slot tries to widen Davis and he sees it right away he knows he has the inside leverage he drives on the football and those instincts and skill or speed skill sets really pair well together for a guy to play off the ball safety I can't say enough about Ashton Davis I think if the Dolphins want to go after him it's going to require either pick 26 maybe 39 and if we're very lucky pick 56 he will not get past that though so he is a first or second round draft pick where he fits on the roster is immediately the starting free safety but also the versatility to play slot to play wide corner can do pretty much everything and defensive backs in this system don't have distinct position distinctions because they play all over the formation as we saw with Bobby McCain and Jamal Wiltz, Montre Hardage, all these guys that play so many spots on this defense and where I think Julian Blackman's a good fit here as well, a guy that can play safety and cornerback, Ashton Davis is just a better version of that and the Dolphins could be looking at some three safety packages, something the Patriots ran 65% of the time last year and I think both Blackman and Davis would be good fits in those. The area of intrigue for him this week, I want to see how he does in the live team period for his live tackling. That's probably the worst part about his game. Not that he's not willing. He flies in and hits. His form could use improvement and he just lacks a little bit of size on that frame. So he could bulk up a little bit, but I want to see how he handles the live team period in defending the run. The player to keep an eye on here for me is Damon Arnett from Ohio State. And he's often overlooked because of the presence of Jeff Okuda and Sean Wade in that Buckeye defensive backfield. But he took considerable strides this season. A long, active, aggressive press cornerback that plays the ball exceptionally well. He'll challenge the route at the three critical points, off the release, at the top of the stem, and at the catch point. A sound tackler, not super interested in fighting off blocks. He's more athletic than most players with his play style and physical prototype and he plays the ball in the air exceptionally well. I also like Utah's Terrell Burgess. He's more of a box-type safety who could be a primary backup to Eric Rowe and a core special teams player if you draft him on day three. To me, it's going to be a complete surprise if the Dolphins don't come out of this senior bowl week or out of this draft with a couple of players on this side of the ball between all those Utah Utes that fit the exact core principles of Miami's defense or just the general players that fit the Dolphins system on the game in general with multifaceted front seven players that can rush from multiple spots, the versatile defensive backs that can play safety and cornerback. It's just going to be a great week for Dolphin scouting. So check it out in Mobile. And with that, let's go ahead and turn now to my good buddy. We had him on the podcast after the Bengals victory. Let's get to Kevin Dern. And joining the podcast now for the first time since the week of Christmas after the Bengals victory is Kevin Dern. You guys can find him on Twitter at KevinMD4. He writes for LockedOnDolphins.com. I think his most recent piece was the ode to Rashad Jones. Kevin, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not too much. Just uh, enjoying a nice weekend. Uh, Dayton Fire victory, Connor McGregor victory, and Happy to be on the podcast. Yeah, I remember you first. You were the first one to tell me about Kiko Alonso's like arm swing celebration as the Conor McGregor because I do not watch USC at all. So I, I remember him being you being a fan of his. Good to see him win for your case last night, as well as the Dayton Flyers top ten basketball program. Congrats there. But we're talking about football and Miami Dolphins scouting the Senior Bowl this week on the podcast, Kev. And I know you have a list of players you're taking a look at, and I want to get your first impression of this list. I just went down my preferred players list from the defensive side of the football and my goodness dude there are so many players on in this game that match what the Dolphins do from a scheme standpoint and the prototype standpoint would you agree with that yeah there's I don't I don't really remember ever having a senior bowl defensive class as intriguing as this year yep. so I'm really excited uh to see the the week of practice in the game um 
my top guy was going to be Khalid Kareem, but I think he pulled out of the game. So um, the one I'm most interested to see is Jason Strobridge from North Carolina. Um, really excited to see him. I know he got played as a defensive tackle in the past. This year under Mac Brown, he kind of played some 3-4 DN, but they've listed him as a DN, and in the Senior Bowl, you have to play a 4-3, so he's going to be out there on the edge. But he's 6'5", 285, has power, can play inside. Uh, really excited to see what he can do out, outside this week. Yeah, he was on my list as well as a guy to keep an eye on outside of Bradley Anai from Utah, who I think is basically just your Trey Flowers plug-and-play type of guy at the defensive edge position. But we moved to linebacker, Kev, and we're going to talk more about this in the third segment in regards to maybe some of the changes we could see going from Patrick Graham to Josh Boyer this year. I listed Zach Bond. I have Anthony Jennings in there as well. I know there's a guy in that list that you love. I'll let you go ahead and just go ahead and effusively praise your boy from Ohio State right here. <laughs> Yeah, um, Malik Harrison is is probably my favorite. And, you know, looking at that list, one of the interesting things I saw is, at least on the Senior Bowl's website, they have Anthony Jennings listed as an inside linebacker. Yeah, I saw that. So I'm curious to see what they do with him. But, uh, but yeah, I think of the inside guys, Malik Harrison and Evan Weaver are probably the the top two. Um, I think Harrison has a little bit more flexibility. Uh, He might be able to be able to do some of the things that – Kyle Van Noy does for the Patriots. I just wonder if he's kind of got the the size and the the strength to do that because Ohio State listed him at 6'3", 240. I'm not quite sure he's going to meet those measurements, but um, he's just a really smart, physical football player. You know, he's probably not going in the top two rounds, I don't think anyway, unless he like blows the doors off this week and at the combine. But uh, he's going to, someone's going to get a really good football player with him. And then, um, I know Evan Weaver is a guy that you and I have talked about. Um, I know Chris Kaufman likes him as well. Um, He's intriguing to me. He looks a lot bigger than what he's listed at. And uh, just good player, kind of like Malik Harrison, but probably a little bit better in coverage, whereas Malik Harrison's maybe a little better blitzing and doing some of those types of things. And then um, one other name I really liked was Logan Wilson of Wyoming. Kind of similar to Evan Weaver. I've only seen him once, but uh, I was intrigued and, He's got some size to him. I'm so glad you listed Logan Wilson there because I went down the list of the players and I, I specifically mentioned him because I watched, I think it was the Boise State game or it was some game where he, no, nah, they didn't beat Boise State, so it was somebody else, but he had like a game-clinching interception and they talked about his leadership traits and the things he can do with flexibility and versatility. So that to me matches the Dolphins' profile. You also talk about Evan Weaver. Kev, we're on the same page here with our likes for this this game as is not really a surprise to you and I. When we talk football, we usually agree on most stuff. But I look at this list of players and there's so many guys that fit what Miami might want to do. And I'm so intrigued by the evaluation of Evan Weaver because he he just doesn't look right to me. Like when you watch him, as far as the way he gets off the bus and the athletic movement, but then you watch him on the field between the lines and it's like Zach Thomas in the way that he just goes out there and plays and performs and gets to the football. So where do you think he would fit in this defense specifically? Like whose role would he take? Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's going to be tough for Miami because I think in this defense, He's pretty strictly an off-ball middle linebacker, and Miami's really got three of the guys, yep. three guys playing in that role right now. You know, between Baker, McMillan, and, and Egwavon. So, you know, unless another shoe drops and you get rid of one or multiple of those guys, I I just have a hard time seeing Weaver coming here. But 
you know, crazier things have happened. And, and I do agree, you know, I looked up his bio at Cal. They list him at 235. He looks like he's heavier than that. Yeah, he does. So. I'm interested to see what he what he hits at the weigh-in. He looks just like the guy from Remember the Titans too, which also gets me every time I see him play. So it's got that comparison. Oh, Gary here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the actor exactly, just like him. I want to come yeah. back on the other side of the podcast and talk about the defensive back class because Evan Weaver's teammate. I already basically praised him up and down this podcast in Ashton Davis. We'll talk about him and get Kevin's takes on some of the defensive backs in this game. But first. Few things get me more excited than scouting football and scouting players for your Miami Dolphins. But if you need more help getting excited, we got to talk about Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, one-a-days, two-a-days, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom, like Tom Brady and his PEDs or those Houston Astros and their signs stealing extravaganza they're going under right now. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in a pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. All right, let's jump into segment number three here, Kev, and kick it off by going back to the defensive back group in this Senior Bowl this week. We have so many players in this group that, to me, can play multiple positions. I already waxed poetic about Ashton Davis, the Cal safety. I love me some Julian Blackman, but this list has players that can pretty much fit specific roles on this Dolphins defense. So I want to give it over to you. Of these defensive backs, Kev, your position specialty when you played ball back in high school, which of them do you like the best? Well, I'll preface this by saying I haven't really paid attention to many of the corners this year. Um, the one that really intrigues me is Dane Jackson of Pitt. But, I mean, outside of, like, the big names like Akuda, A.J. Terrell, you know, Christian Fulton, I really haven't paid attention because Josh Boyer did such a good job of, you know, basically training up the Nick Needhams of the world. So, I'm, you know, whatever he wants to do there is fine with me. Um, I'll give you three names. One of them I know nothing about, and that's Kyle Duggar of Lenore Rhine, other than that Jim Nagy, the senior bowl director, loves him, and he's a big dude. I'm excited to see him. But the two guys that I, I really like, and I may be alone on this hill here, just sort of like I was with Khalid Kareem a couple months ago, <laughs> but Antoine Brooks Jr. out of Maryland. Um, I first noticed him when they played Ohio State this year. He's a bigger guy. He's 5'11", 215. And he basically plays in that Patrick Chung type of role. He plays a lot in the slot. He plays up on the line of scrimmage. They blitz him. He's a great tackler in space. Um, kind of reminds me of prime Rashad Jones Oof. in that way. You know, he can cover a lot of ground. And, you know, he doesn't really have to use the sideline to help. He, he is really good at, at clicking and closing and making plays in space. Had 67 solo tackles this past year. Um He's not the greatest cover guy. You know, I think if Miami were drafting him, you'd be doing it with the idea of having him be that third safety that comes on the field. Mm -hmm. But instead of playing as a split safety, you'd put him down in the box and move Eric Rowe back. 
Um, but he's a really good player, and he does have some nice closing speed. There's a great play from this year against Penn State where they, I think it was like a throwback screen or something that Penn State had wide open, and uh, Brooks just basically tracks this guy 50 yards down the field and nearly rips the ball out for a fumble uh, to save a touchdown. And then the other guy I'll give you is a little bit off the radar right now. I don't know how he's going to stack up here, but Alohi Gilman from Notre Dame, he's kind of Antoine Brooks light, kind of plays the same role for Notre Dame, probably a better coverage player than Brooks is, but he's always around the ball, forced three fumbles this year, had six in his career, um, had a little bit better of a season in uh, 2018. Obviously, Notre Dame's defense was a little better, and they were in the college football playoff and all of that. Um, I don't know if he had any injuries or not this year, but um, yeah, just his versatility is something I think is going to catch the Dolphins' eye, and we'll see how he does in Mobile. Yeah, and that's the thing that really will attract, I think, any Dolphins coach or, or you know decision maker into players at this position. How well can you play off the football, and how well can you come down and cover when we need guys to go across the board, press man, and play a single high free safety look? And it brings me into this idea, Kev, that you and I talked about relentlessly on the podcast last year, and I've actually come to realize the reason the Dolphins have neglected the safety position where I've been pleading for, whether it was Buda Baker or you talk about Antoine Brooks, his teammate last year with Darnell Savage or whoever the case might have been, I've been, you know, claim proclaiming these guys need safety help for the last couple of seasons, but because of Rashad Jones's bloated contract, the deal they gave to TJ McDonald, which is a whole nother story, I think they've had to neglect the position because of that. But now with Jones's contract, maybe only one more year in the making, they can attack that position and go more towards what the Patriots did last year with 65% or three safeties that played 65% or more of the reps. And that was actually an increase from last year because Deron Harmon only played half the reps in 2018. And it makes me wonder, was maybe Josh Boyer resistant to the three safety idea or do they just not have the personnel? I tend to think it was the latter. We'll talk about the front seven in just one second, but first, give me your take on that. Do you think we'll see more three safety packages this year with Josh Boyer? Yeah, uh, just trying to tackle all of that. Um, I think with Rashad Jones, it's as much as I love him and as much as I, I really want him to succeed in the ode you know, to Rashad piece I just did, I think it's time to move on. You have the opportunity to swallow that dead cap. Just just do it and, and get a fresh start. I do agree that's probably why, you know, between his contract and McDonald's that they neglected the position at least the past two or three years. Um, as far as, like, the Patriots running with three safeties, I'd have to do a deeper dive back into that. But I know for a lot of the season they were trying to mess around with, um, I believe it was J.C. Jackson, and I think they also during that season acquired Tease Tabor from Detroit. And we're basically playing those guys, you know, technically as corners in the slot like safeties. Um, so I don't know if that's got something to do with it or not. I'd have to go back and rewatch and dig through my notes from that uh, film study I did. But I do think this year Miami's going to have the opportunity to play a lot more um, three safety looks. Obviously, you have Eric Reed or Eric Rowe, sorry, um, there as an incumbent. I think if they really want to put the best defensive backfield together, Bobby McCain needs to move back to the slot, yeah. and they really need to make a, an investment, I think, as a in both a middle-of-the-field safety and then whether or not they feel comfortable with Rowe playing that Patrick Chung role. I, felt, I still think they need a, a third safety in some capacity that can be 
reliable, and I don't know that they have that guy on the roster right now. And that deep safety role could just so easily be a plug-and-play for Ashton Davis. That's why I love him so much, because of some of the yeah. instincts and range that he pairs together. You mentioned Antoine Brooks. A guy like he, or maybe even Terrell Burgess from Utah, could kind of come in and give you some security behind Eric Rowe in case things don't work out, because we have to recall that Eric Rowe, as much as I love the guy, Kev, you know I loved his performance last year. I thought his tape with the Patriots was better than most people thought but he's still a guy that has only really given an NFL team one full season of health. So you want to get a backup security plan to him. So we'll see about that as well. But Kev, I want to jump now, last thing here, into the front seven. You've mentioned this to me several times, and there are such... There's such a variety of packages and fronts you can run under this defense, whether it's the diamond, the amoeba, the radar, whatever we're going to call all those fronts. We saw the bear front, I think, most this year. What do you see this front seven looking like, and how do you pair these linebackers? Because we have, you mentioned it, Baker, McMillan, Beagle, Van Ginkle. Do we draft a Zach Bond or a Malik Harrison? Like, how are you going to get all those guys on the field? Yeah. So um, I'll give you one more name at that safety spot as well, but uh, Patrick Nelson of SMU is another guy I think could be that box safety. Um, As far as this year in the defense, I'm really curious to see what happens because last year we kind of saw Miami kind of morph into more of a 3-4, I think out of necessity, just because they didn't have good personnel at defensive end. But I went back and looked at the snap count numbers from the 2018 Patriots when Brian Flores was in charge, and the top two formations that they ran were a 4-2-5 nickel with 307 snaps, and then a 3-3-5 nickel with 226 snaps. Only one other formation, which is that 3-2-6 dime, which is what they do the the diamond and the ruby out of. Those were the only three formations that they had over 100 snaps out of. The next highest was a traditional 4-3, although sometimes that was with a third safety playing as a linebacker. And I think people hear 3-3 and they think of like the bare front or the stack a lot of times what the Patriots would do is they would have an outside backer, usually Hightower, creep up on the line of scrimmage and basically play as a stand-up defensive end. So if you were looking at it from above the field, like from the Goodyear blimp, it would look the same as a 4-2-5. And yeah. they did that out of a lot of different personnel groupings. So I think my biggest thing this year is going to be to see what they do. If they start adding pieces, you know, like a big end, like a, a Strobridge or a Khalid Kareem or a Yaturgris Matos, and then maybe they pair that with someone like Yannick Ngakwe or something like that, I think we'll see more of those four-man fronts. Maybe they don't, and maybe Flores wants to go to a 3-4, you know, fully as his, you know, quote-unquote base package, even though they're in nickel more often than not. Um, I'm curious to see what that looks like, but... um As far as the linebackers go, I think with the four guys they have now, they can probably cobble together all of those roles that the Patriots had back in 2018. Um, I think if they're going to add more, then they need to figure out who to move on from between Baker and McMillan. You know, I think ideally you'd want one guy to comprise the role that both of those guys play. And, you know, the Patriots have that piece in Kyle Van Noy and Dante Hightower, whereas Miami's using four guys to try and fill those two spots. So I think Beagle and Van Ginkle's roles are are pretty secure. Um, I think there's got to be another shoe that drops if they're going to make more acquisitions or draft picks at linebacker. Um, But that's just me. 
and I'm, I'm probably in the minority on that. So we'll see what happens. Well, I think that if you're going to move on from one of those guys, the one that would make the most sense is Jerome Baker, because I, I think that there are so many roles that he wants to do in this defense that maybe he's miscast for. Yeah. And I do believe he could get a good draft pick return, like a day two pick for him. And they picked him in the third round. So maybe you get, you know, the same investment yeah. back on your investment there. But yeah, I agree. I think, I think Baker's going to fetch you a better return. McMillan's just too limited, but yeah. what he is limited to doing is, is, a nice fit for what Miami is trying to do. <laughs> that's exactly so. right. So uh, that's difficult to explain, but it's exactly right. And I can corroborate what you mentioned about the Dolphins having to go out of that 3-4 from necessity because in training camp, Kev, they were running so many four or even fronts with Charles Harris and Tank Carradine as the edges. And I think that might have been part of the reason why they basically struggled so badly on defense and just in general for the entire first part of the season was because they were like, okay, this is what we want to do. This is how we want this defense to look. But we just don't have the parts, man. we got to scale this thing back and try to get just competent levels of play with the best 11 guys out here. I think that's why you saw Charles Harris and Taco Charlton deactivated late in the season in favor of more linebackers like Andrew Van Ginkle or Calvin Munson, whoever it might have been. So I think you're onto something there. Kev, we're out of time. Is there anything else I left off for you? No, um, I was going to say that we talked about it a little bit offline. I think the, the thing that gives me some hope that they're moving to that is we know last year they brought in LJ Collier for a 30 visit. They sniffed around Trey Flowers. They sniffed around Clowney. Um, you know, I think Charles Amenahu was someone they met with a couple times. They just didn't end up getting any of those guys. So to hear what you you saw in training camp kind of jives with the thinking and the, and the numbers that I've seen. So that's a that's a great nugget for me to take away from, from today's show. Perfect. I'm glad I could do that for you. And there's also, I mean, so many options, like you mentioned, Yannick Ngakwe or maybe even Matt Judon off that edge. So many options for this team ahead of this offseason. I cannot wait to see how it unfolds. Kev, let's do it again soon, man. Yeah, sounds good. He is Kevin Dern at KevinMD4. You can find his work on LockedOnDolphins.com. One of my best buddies, longtime friend of the podcast and former co-host of the Finalysis podcast. We got to get out of here for today's show. We appreciate you guys tuning in. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a Senior Bowl recap edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.